Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody, it's Sam here from the Spurs News Podcast, hope you're all well. Joining me to discuss the latest events in all things Tottenham Hotspur is my partner in crime, it's Matt. Hello mate, well we tend to stay off course a little bit, don't we? So yeah, let's try to... <laughs> yeah, last week, yeah, <laughs> feedback for last week was geriatric old men lose track of what they're doing, <laughs> yes, why they're doing that it. sums up my um, life, yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, uh, I don't know when it happened, but it definitely happened. So, going to try and stay on topic this week because people may have laughed once, but I think twice, and people will start actually wondering if we're okay and contacting nurses yeah. and professionals to check on us. Yeah, it will be the first time. Um, yeah. So this is Spurs news. This is episode two hundred and eleven, um, which is still kind of crazy to me. Um, and we are talking about the North London Derby. Um, I mentioned last week just how much I hate the bloody thing. I still hate the North London Derby with a passion. Um, the only times I sort of breathe during the game, I think, is it half time a little bit, and then at full time. <laughs> All that time we I beat him, the time we beat him three 0 a couple of seasons ago at home. That was a, a after about the first 20, 30, 30 minutes. I'm like, I can breathe. Oh mate, I loved that. I loved that you could do that. But then West Ham came back from three 0 down against us in eight minutes. No, it, so I was thoroughly. I I just never feel safe. I don't know why. And in a North London derby. It's like even dominating three 0 up. If they scored once, I'd be like, "Oh, the bastards!" Uh, I don't know. I um, I hate it. <laughs> and the people are like, "Oh, I can't wait for this game." I don't know what's wrong with you. It's an it's an endurance it's test. Sick. We say this all the time. It's an endurance test, isn't it? Yeah, it's like test it's, of endurance. There's other games, and I've got to be honest with you. I I am thinking that Chelsea at home is going to be like that for me this year. There there's a real added like us and Chelsea have had this real thing growing. For a few years, where it's been getting quite narky, <laughs> um, and now, and now, yeah, and now they've appointed that bloke who um, oh, I can't even remember his name, but he uh, he was around our club for a while when the Mella was player manager <clears throat> uh, during the fifteen, sixteen to twenty season. Um, so yeah, I and I just feel like that game's gonna wind me up as well because I really don't want to lose that game yeah I, I'm, I'm not going to lie I've been getting quite a lot of enjoyment out of their their misfortune recently and I, I, lo- <laughs> I love some I love some of the stats that have come out like isn't it like yeah. uh, Haaland scored more goals than Chelsea this season isn't he or some yeah um, Haaland scored more goals than Chelsea um, Chelsea have only won sorry Chelsea have won as many league games in 2023 sorry I'm going to start that again have Won less Premier League games in 2023 than Leicester City, who were relegated <laughs> and have not played a league game this season That's in the Premier so League. Um, so that was one. Another one, which is someone pointed out that the since they signed Bruno Fernandez, they've won once, and that was against Luton. Jesus, man, uh, that's a lot of money. Yeah, they've spent. The the thing is. I, I don't know, and I, and it's like, you look at it, and as much as I hate to say it, he's a good manager um, who's able to set up a team and get them to play, and you look at that, but then so was Graham Potter, and you just sort of like look through it, and you just wonder what, what is actually going wrong, 
at that football club. And the only thing I can think of is rather than when they're recruiting, looking at the personalities and how they gel and creating a team and a, and a work ethic and everything, they're basically just buying star men everywhere they can, thinking, well, they're bloody good. Let's buy them. But it just doesn't, like, you throw them all together and it's just not working. Yeah. Like, all the best ingredients is making the worst dinner. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Seb, Seb plays that FIFA and, uh, oh, God, yeah. I got guilt-tripped into dropping 80 quid for him to get it before it went on sale <gasps> as a download. It's, a, wow. it's, 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 like, and this, you normally, with children, you say, do this for a couple yeah. of weeks yeah. and then you can have this. But apparently, yeah. he wanted it before everyone else and apparently if he got it now, he got a certain amount of fever points so it had to be, he mm. had it first. And, and he's not holding up inside the bargain, to be fair. But, no. but anyway, I digress. On that FIFA, he, he sometimes he'll like get all the best players and you can have the past and present, like Pele and Ginola and all that. And I, yeah. and I say to him, why don't you put them in the, in the same team? And he says, no, Dad, because with this FIFA, it has like uh, how they get on with each other. So you yeah. could have all the best, like the top players, but if they don't if they don't get play well together, it's not the best team. And it's the same with this wow. with Chelsea. Yeah, isn't it? okay, it's, that works. Yeah. yeah, it's the same with Chelsea, isn't it? You can buy the best players. You can spend a billion pound on players, but if yeah, if, you literally have spent a billion. Yeah. Yeah, but if they're not gonna if they're not gonna gel with each other, then you won't. I mean, you waste your is, money. <laughs> that is that is probably my favourite stat is that Chelsea have spent more under Todd Bowley than Enoch have spent at Tottenham. Whatever. And, yeah, and I. And I <laughs> Because I looked at that and I went, no, nah, that can't be, no, nah, that's not right. You know, that's 20-something years. You can argue about the players they've signed, but they have spent the money. Yeah. And then someone broke it down and I was like, holy it, crap, that's far too close. That is insane, like, isn't it? But, but that, and that's, I don't, I'm not actually criticising us. <laughs> like, I'm looking at that going, oh yeah, we've spent like 100 odd million here, 100 million, you know, we've recouped this. Uh, sorry, it's like the net spend figure. Yeah, sure. It's like... So I'm like, okay, yeah, I, 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 yeah, we've actually invested quite a lot. Fair play, you know, the clubs actually put their money where their mouth is on a number of occasions, and then Chelsea have done this. Yeah. Oh, okay, you've spent 150 million on a player, giving him a 10-year contract, and he's basically arrived at Chelsea on like 100 grand a week, and has sat down and gone, <laughs> I'm not moving. Yeah. I'm fine. Mm. Uh, I'm I'm here for 10 years, mate. Mm. Um, yeah, madness, but. North London derby. Um, going into this game, always, always, even if we're in great form or whatever, and they were crap, I, I'd still, I uh, don't like it, don't like it. Going into it, the, the one question mark I had in my head. So uh, this season, the first thing, I, I mean, you didn't do this show together because you were still on holiday, but the the League Cup. Going into that, I, it was a question over my mind, which is, can Ange motivate the squad players? as well as he does the first 11. And it was something that Pochettino failed to do. Jose and Conte, you know, I don't even think they tried. That other bloke, I'm not even sure he was aware he had a squad. <laughs> um, like, who are you? <laughs> um, so, uh, let alone a youth team. Um, so, it was a question mark. And we made a massive amount of changes. We had no cohesion. It was the worst performance of the season yeah. so far. Yeah. And it fell apart. And afterwards, I was kind of like, okay, so that's the first question mark for me unfortunately is a bit of a fail um now don't get me wrong it wasn't a massive black mark because i've not actually seen any manager do there that you go, exactly yeah. okay. i've seen it at other clubs and i've seen like squad players come in and i think bloody hell, why why is it at this club every squad player is playing like oh i could win the shirt but at tottenham they come on like oh if i got to oh god can i just sit on the bench and earn my money again i mean that's what i normally do i miss my bench <laughs> um that's how it looks anyway 
Um, so this was kind of like, okay, so for me, this is going to be a, a new test. This is a North London derby, which immediately means it's going to be an atmosphere to contend with, even at their shithole. Um, I mean, the Emirates Stadium. Sorry, I, I should use the official name. Yeah. And and you sort of look at it and you think, okay, they last year played very, very well. They've started this season well. They are a side that will try and play from the back and they will try and play through the press and they will try and press us high. I'm like, do we as a squad of players have the belief yet, after just six games with Ange, to try and do this at the Emirates? Or are we going to, uh, as much as I hate to say this, are we going to bottle that and sort of go back to, oh, we'll just soak up a bit of pressure, you know? Yeah. And it was, And so that was a big question mark for me going into this game. And so immediately, massive tick. I am absolutely delighted at the fact that we went there and the eleven on the pitch still played football. Yeah, you look. You look at. Um, you look at the stats. Uh, I think you shared something, didn't you? Yeah, the stats did, compared yeah. to the, this, the same fixture last season. Like we yeah. had more possession than them, mm-hmm. far more passes than they did. We we were playing more football than them, weren't we? Yeah, I mean, this season we had fifty three percent possession. Uh, the same fixture last year, we were in the thirties, like thirty one, thirty two. Um, it is. I, I watched the game and I sort of we're gonna go for it goal by goal. So they open the score in um a really unfortunate own goal for QT. Um what what were your thoughts on it? I mean, were you watching the game? Were you listening? Yeah, I was. And do you know you say unfortunate? I, I you you know I've got so much love for Romero. I really yeah. have. But and I think Gary Neville sort of alluded to it and I kind of agreed with him. It was a waft, wasn't it? Do you think it was a, yeah. it was a bit of a amateurish waft? And and I, and I I just think you. Oh, but okay. then again, look no, look, I look I'm 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 passing judgment like like I'm like an ex professional or something yeah. you know I'm I've never been in that position but I, I don't no. know is it, is it an instinctual thing I mean yeah I I I, I, I thought it was unf- I, like I didn't I didn't look at it and think oh you didn't have to do that do you know what I mean I, I kind of looked at it and went he's tried to just get rid of that and that's you know nine times out of ten he connects properly and that leaves the box you know <laughs> yeah um but that that unfortunately one time so I, I did i mean it happens i mean van der ven who i think is a phenomenal defender has already scored two own goals this season i think cute is now catching him up yeah, um, so the two of, the two of them are running close um but one of the things that um i, I so i'm sort of watching that and i thought oh, why is it always against them you know, you know, if they open us up or hit some screamer, and you sort of go, oh, "Okay, yeah, well done," but why is it? We, you know, I was like, "Why has it got to be an own goal against them?" You know, why does it have to be like that? Why can't it ever just be what it is? So I was, I was kind of in that, and then I watched our goalkeeper Vicario. He's a new keeper, new keeper to the league, and he just got straight away to QT, straight to him, grabbed him. No problem. There's no, you know, just talking to him. Don't worry about it. Forget it. Get back. You know, we're fine. He was talking to everybody. And and I kind of, you know, we've had a goalkeeper who's our captain for a number of years. And this isn't Lloris slander. Please don't take it is. But I'd see stuff like that happen and Lloris would be quiet. So I was, I was kind of lifted by seeing the goalkeeper who doesn't have a leadership role officially within the side. But to see him run around the defenders like, you know, clear your head, don't worry about it, it's fine, don't worry about it, we go again. 
Yeah, he, do you know what? He's he's Vicario is fully fully invested. It yes. what I love, and I and I I don't know if I sent it to put in the Spurs news a, a little uh, WhatsApp chat because I've seen multiple angles of all like all the the games that we've had recently, yeah. and um, I don't know if you've seen this one, and it's uh, when we play Sheffield United. And uh, when we when uh, K- uh, Kulisevsky scored that second goal, and you ran the length of the pitch. yeah, have you have you seen it? Uh, it's yeah. first of all, yeah. it focuses on the bench, and then you see Sonny yeah. and I think Ben Davis and a couple run off, and then yeah. they run, and then Sonny out of nowhere, Vicario flies past, right, yeah. just jumps yeah. on him. And don't, don't get me wrong, like I'm sure other goalkeepers would do that, but then yeah. then when you think about it, would would is that something Lloris would have done? <clears> I don't think it necessarily uh, would have been. He 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 did it in the Champions League when when Lucas scored. Oh yeah, but, but yeah, I think that's that's very exceptional. But I, I, just, no, I just I feel I, like they've got I, they're I invested, agree. aren't they? Yeah, yeah. He he's coming, and one of the things that Andrew's done better than I think we've had a manager in a long time is the signings have come in and you know fully coys. They're you know they're fully mm, invested. Yes. And a lot of that I think stems from the conversations he's had with them. Every signing mentioned I spoke with the manager and he talked about this and he talked about that. And it almost feels like they've arrived at the club on day one fully primed of this is what I expect. You are here because I want you here. Not a director of football, not you know anything like that. It's me. You know, they've put you in front of me and I've said yes. And now I'm ringing you to say, I want you at my club. Yeah. You're going to be my first choice. I trust you. I back you. And one of the things they're all saying as well is he says to them constantly, you try it. If it fails, that's on me because I'm telling you to do it. So be brave. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to play it from the back. I want you to push and press from the back. So if you get caught out and they score on me. I love, I love that. Absolutely and love it, that. And you can, like, Madison lost the ball twice. And he said at half time, he came in thinking, oh, here we go. <laughs> you know, the manager's going to dig me out. And he went over to him and said, keep trying it. I'm proud of you. Wow. So Madison then does it and turns everyone and, you know, sets up. So it's, it's the ability to take the pressure from the players, whereas I think previous managers hyped that pressure on. Oh, yeah. Like Mourinho you know, is the one that always comes yeah. to mind. You know, the pressure yeah. he put them players under. Yeah. You could you sense. Could see they were terrified. Yeah. They yeah. were terrified. Like, if they lost the ball, they'd, like, not run after it. They'd almost just, like, die on the pitch. Like, oh, it's better to die here. It's better to die here. This is my life's over. Yeah, that's why we used to capitulate so much mm. under him. Yeah. Because they, just, so. they just, they had the fear set in, didn't it? You know? Yeah. Did and, you know... and then, of course, Conte and him would then dig them out over it as yeah, well. Of course. I mean, Jose yeah. less publicly, but Conte definitely. You know, oh. the mentality is all wrong. 100%. This whole football club is this. Yep. this. Yep. You know, it basically just gaslit an entire fan, you know, a fandom. And it was, it's only, you only realise quite how toxic it is when someone who just seems to be a genuine human being comes in and starts talking to players as if they're humans. I just, you know what? I, 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 it came up on a, again, it came up on a, on a feed, on a feed somewhere, like of a video, <clears> of a um, press conference that uh, Ange Postecoglou did, and the, and I know it was a few days ago as well because it was talking about uh, off a week or so ago because he was talking, he was talking about Richarlison and what he yeah. was going through psychologically, and <clears> honestly, <throat> I was listening to it and I was thinking, yeah. not only is he a breath of fresh air for Spurs, he's like a, yeah. pref, a, a breath of fresh air for me, <laughs> like you know, yeah. it's yeah, just I love is, listening yeah. to him. He just, he yeah. just like, and he was, he was saying in it like, you know, 
like, all right, he might be good at, he might be a good football player, all right, he might have a lot of money, but that doesn't make him yeah. immune from problems. He said, we've all oh, got something yeah. going on. He said, as human beings, we've all got something going on in our heads at any one point, uh, and it's how you deal with it, how you get <clears> past <throat> it, the help you get. And I'm like, this yeah. guy just gets it. He just gets, yeah. like, life, doesn't he? Uh, I saw um, someone a while ago um, saying perhaps us appointing someone who has had to work his entire life to get to where he is is far more appreciative of where he is and also just like you just said just gets it has been around real people real situations his whole life and has had to work graft get there you know he wasn't a footballer at one of the top clubs which meant that when he retired he got offered top club jobs right away you know he literally had to start from from nowhere to to get where he is and uh, at the moment, and I'm going to say at the moment, just to caveat it, uh, like you, every press conference, there's at least one quote, I think, wow, that's helpful yeah. to life yeah. and football and everything. Yeah, completely. Um, so in the game, like I said, they went 1-0 up. What did... Uh, and this is what I just... Did that... Um, did him doing the Madison celebration bother you? A lot of people are pissed about it, and I'm just like, oh, there's clearly something been said between the two of them. Yeah, they're, of, yeah, they're, they're they're obviously mate. They're, I mean, the international, you know, when they play yeah. for England, they're gonna they're gonna all, they get on. You can tell they get on quite yeah. well. So he's probably said, look, if we if I if I score, I'm gonna you know take the Mickey out of your celebration. Yeah, but look, to to be fair, post game, Madison was was like making remarks that were just like didn't he say something like he was probably still yeah. doing it when I turned him for the first cup yeah. there you go yeah, so yeah, like you know and that's it and and so like yeah it doesn't bother me like no. I, I get why if you're in the stadium and he was say if he did that at our ground I'd say oh that was a bad move yeah yeah that's that wasn't sensible um but he did it and like you just said yeah Madison then turned him left him for dead plays the ball to Sonny and it's one all do you know? When, um, do you know when Sonny scored, Sam, as well? Um, yeah. Did you notice that he does this shush thing that I love, Van der Vaart, yeah. and but also he grabbed the badge. And and, yeah, and as much yeah, as I don't yeah. like, I, I'll just like we don't talk about. You know, I won't say you don't have to play the song. I will try to limit how much I talk about Kane as well. <laughs> but you never yeah. saw Kane do that, did you? You know, nah, you never see nah. him do it. And and because uh, he's a gooner. <laughs> Former former Gunnar youth player now plays in Germany. I don't know why you keep talking about. I, him, I, I'm, I'm digging. I'm, no, I'm digging him out. But I, he's, he's a he's a Oktoberfest yesterday. We're in later. Who's no, He's the England captain. Should be dropped. It's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But anyway, yeah. I don't want to talk about it. But like, yeah. I just I love I love the like. Sonny's been with us for a few years. I get that, and yeah. he's fully he's yeah. fully Spurs, you know. But it, yeah. it's a touch that it, it, it's. Um, I know Postecoglou's been really into making that connection again with the fans and yeah. the players and come on is there any better gesture for yeah. us for a Spurs no, in player front, in front of the Arsenal to, to hold the badge I mean that is telling them yeah. telling them to shut up and then kissing the Tottenham holding the badge that, 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 that is if you want to make your connections again with the fans mate that you can't yeah. you can't it doesn't get any better than that does it it does not no <laughs> um, on, and yeah it was it was very enjoyable yeah um, a few Arsenal fans are going to be talking to the Met Police because of the way they reacted oh, to him doing I it. I see some in pictures. Um, yeah, idiots. Uh, do you know what? People doing stuff like that, I look at it, I shake my head and I call it idiots. But the people who like go on social media afterwards, like the Arsenal fan TV kind of, and not, not actually, it wasn't actually them, but someone who I've seen with them before, he's like an Arsenal 
fan personality now because there's loads of them. They, they've all become famous in their own right. It's mad to me. Uh, but one of them's uh, saying that everyone's seeing this picture and it's kept out of context. He's clearly just doing the someone celebration. I'll give you like, a rest. Like, Why would he do you're that? Mimi- you're, you're mimicking. So Tottenham have just scored and you think <laughs> one of your fans is doing the whoever goal celebration at that precise moment the sun is running. I mean, you can't actually believe that bullshit coming out of your mouth, but to actually have the audacity to tweet it is like on another level. Do, do you know what reminds me of, Sam? Do you, remember, yeah. do you remember years ago, that goalkeeper, I forget his name now. Yes, And he claimed that he had an itchy, yeah. itchy lip at the same time as he was calling over one of yeah. his mates. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I, 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 was, I thought of that straight away. I was like, oh, yeah, everyone who does that has just got an itchy lip and yeah, what to, to stretch their arm at the exact moment whilst doing a weird walk. Yeah, freaking idiot. Do you know, talking about fans, just quickly, um, do, do we know if that guy's all right? From, we know we were talking about last week. Have yeah. you still heard anything? Is he all right? No, no, I understand he's still falling. Oh, he's <laughs> still rolling. <laughs> Uh, the, the club have just added it as an attraction. You've got to pay a pound. You get to watch the guy just keep rolling out of the stadium. They're taking him to the Skywalk next. Go I, for it, mate. I know, you, yeah. I know you went up on Twitter. I was hoping that they'd be yeah. like, he'd be like, I'm all right, guys. I'll just play. Yeah. Oh, I, I was kind of hoping someone somewhere would point out to us that the guy's alive and well. I said, I, was, I mean, I, I'd like to think that it would have been announced if like someone got seriously hurt and yeah. stopped laughing about it. But... Right now, just seeing that. And what makes it even funnier is that the end result, like that guy went through all of that. He sat in an emergency room and then we scored two goals (laughs) in the added time. I mean, that's just brutal. Um, Anyway, anyway. So, yeah, so uh, half time, I took a breath and I was was just happy that we were playing football. Um, I was just happy that we were in the game. I was happy that um, I thought they had good, good moments. We had good moments. Um, and so, yeah, I, I kind of just felt, oh, whew, okay, here we go again. I've <laughs> got another half of this. Um, I think always in the back of my mind, I think Arsenal were going to sneak it. And I don't know why, but I always have this, you know, 98th minute. And I, and I kind of, I think I even tweeted last week, I was complimenting the league on adding time properly now. <laughs> This week, some feels like this is gonna bite me in the ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you could imagine, like we're gonna dominate the second half, be all over them, and then they're gonna score in like the hundredth minute, and I'm gonna cry. <laughs> um, so I was kind of like just like a bit of dread, and then of course I saw the penalty incident, and I thought, well, that's gonna get given. <laughs> and it's like oh, all that stuff I was dreading, that's gonna be, and it's like I, I think again I tweeted like you know, cute is just having a day, isn't he? Um, I know we've you know that's score, the the eleventh player that's happened to in Premier League history to score an own goal and give away a penalty in the same game. Eleven. I'd have thought I'd have thought it was rarer than that, but yeah, the eleventh yeah. player, the first time it's ever happened to a Tottenham player. It's um, just one of and 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 look, you know, the, the guy's mustard, isn't he? Like, I'd rather have him yeah. in the team than not, you know. But I, I just I don't know what you what you made of it, but like you said. And, and I know we've had this conversation many a times, but it just yeah. seems like when when the referee gets called over to the, it's like what might as well just not bother because you're going to give it. It is. It's yeah, so it is frustrating, well. isn't it? Once it, it gets is, called over, that's it. Penalty, and it, it's, there's ne- like I think I've seen once, and it wasn't in the Premier League once ever since I've watched football have I seen a referee look go. No, actually, I don't think he. I, I, no, I'm still. Yeah. yeah, I'm still happy. What's the point? Um, 
To be honest with you, it's one of those decisions where I look at it and I don't think Romero could do anything different. No. Nope. But because his hands up, it's a penalty. It's <laughs> I know I know everyone's gonna have a view on it or whatever, but if it was the other end, I'd be livid if we weren't given that. But, but, but if you look, you must have seen this. Uh, there's a yeah. there's a side by side picture of yeah. of his hand uh, that penalty and then the penalty that wasn't given against Man United. The same thing, yeah. exactly the same. Yeah. So so like, where's the that's 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 down to officiating being so crap in this country. Jermaine Genus called him out and got forced to apologise. Yeah. His language was bad. I agree, but to be honest with you. The level of officiating is so poor. More needs, more people do need to call them out. Yeah. They're a protected species, and I do not condone ever fans attacking a referee. I think that's an abomination. It's all for stain on humanity, stuff like that. Seeing that English ref trying to leave that country at that time when people literally attacking him and his wife, yeah, it's disgusting. If I saw a referee in public, no matter how awful he was for us, leave the guy alone. Mm. It's like, what are you doing? Attacking or verbally or physically attacking someone over this? That being said, they are a protected species. Managers managers so much as say, look, I really thought the referee was poor today. They're fined. A manager says anything more than that. They get a touchline ban as well. Players are fined straight away, can face bans if they talk about referees. And now pundits have to apologise. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't agree with that. You know, if managers can't call them out, players can't call them out, surely former players should be allowed in a punditry setting to say the standard of refereeing is not good. Something needs to change. Because if they can't, no one's going to listen to the fans because we, we'll just rant about anything. Yeah, <laughs> but... no, of course. And that's the thing. When, when, when something is so protected like that, there's, <clears> they, they could just, they, you get the corruption, don't you? You get the kind yeah. of... that. that these ridiculous yeah. because there's, there's no one's allowed to criticize them you know no. and, and that's it. it it just if you're not allowed to criticize them how, how what what can we do what actually can be done you know the referees are basically refereeing themselves they are policing themselves and they say they're all doing a great job yeah of course they would yeah <laughs> what, what a shock well it's like kim jong un he's he according to yeah. him he's the best best leader in- yeah. <laughs> yeah donald trump yeah <laughs> You asked Donald Trump, he's the greatest president ever go. to be called Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, so we went 2-1 down, and penalty, I was like, oh, bloody hell, they've done this to us, and I'm going on a penalty, what a nightmare. But again, I was kind of delighted that we kept playing. Nothing more so than basically from the kickoff, yeah. where we pressed them, Jorginho went into some sort of system error and shut down <laughs> on the ball. Madison took it off him, passed it to Sonny, and we were back level. Now my fun the funniest thing about this is the stat, which is that it took longer for the VAR review than it did from kickoff to us to equalise for the penalty. Yeah. But also, my favourite one, which is more than that, is from the penalty being scored, all of the Arsenal celebrations took the same amount of time as they held on to the lead. Oh quality. <laughs> <laughs> And I will credit Gary Neville for this, which I don't do very often. He said they're over-celebrating. He said it. He said they're it's too early. They're over-celebrating here. Yeah. They're, you know, they've, they've gone. And I think they did. They switched off. And I think we pressed them straight away and took the ball and scored. And, oh, poor old Arteta looked like he was going to burst into tears. It was such a sad sight. Um, do you know what? The sublimeness, though, of the pass and the, and the shot. Yeah, they just, perfect. They're both just yeah. mustered into, aren't they? They really yeah, are. Just... Yeah, and you know, it was, uh, 
I, I hope this season Sonny scores 20, 30 goals and I hope Madison sets them all up. And then next season we have the same and we can get rid of that record with that other gooner idiot who played for us that Sonny had with him and we can put that put that in the bin. Uh, but yeah, so North London Derby finished 2-2 at their ground. Uh, personally, I'm very happy with that. I think that if someone had offered me a point before kickoff, I'd have said, yes, please. <laughs> yes, very, very much so. I was saying to Seb, um, when it got to about 75 minutes, I was like, I will take a Desmond right now. Please, yeah. please blow the whistle, you know. Yeah, I I will I will say, I did think at the very end of the game we were gonna nick it. There was a moment. Oh, there was Char- was that with Charlison? Yeah, Charles- with Charlison, oh. and I really, it was like one of those sort of. It just felt like it went a little bit in slow motion yeah. for a moment, and I thought, this he's gonna, you know, because I was thinking to myself, if last week felt good for him, <laughs> if he scores now. This guy is not just going to take his shirt off. I think he might actually strip naked and run around the stadium. What would you... I think he might completely lose it. <laughs> what would you have done? If that had gone, what would you have done? <sighs> Do you know what? This is really depressing, but I probably wouldn't have done anything because I've now conditioned myself to wait for frigging VAR. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that is actually really depressing when you think about it because there was a time where I'd lose it and just be like all over the place. Yeah. And then I'd come back and be like, oh shit, we've kicked off. I need to think about it again. <laughs> But now, because I, I do the page updates on Facebook, and I see the, I, like I see a goal go in, and I start writing it, but I'm not like rushing the post yeah. it because I'm sort of like I'm yep. gonna hang on, yep. hang on, hang on, hang on. It's a goal. Yeah, okay. you go. You're allowed to put it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can, I can post it now, and it's a bit, it's a bit annoying, but it's what it is. But but overall, you know, I kind of felt like we could have nicked it at the end. I mean, obviously they could have as well. So I felt a draw was a fair result. Um, I felt going into it, Arsenal fans were very, um, they're going to smash us. I think afterwards, they're now like, oh, you're celebrating a draw. It's like, no. Well, according to, Paul, just, according to Paul Merson, they were going to smash us, weren't they? They were going to absolutely they, destroy yeah, us. All of them. Um, yeah, it was it was a constant running theme of how they were going to batter us. And um, again, you know, I saw a few of the reaction stuff afterwards, like the Arsenal fan TV folks just looking a little bit surprised. Um that we showed up at their ground had the audacity to play football. Um, you know, but to be fair to them, the last four or five years we've gone there, we've been crap. Oh, we've been so. awful. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah. Did you know, talking about Arsenal fan TV, um, I, yeah. I've got a theory, right? I feel like I'm not, not as stupid as I look with this, right? But okay. occasionally I'll get a... Um, like on, So uh, Facebook have got like a, a, a TikTok-y type thing, haven't they now? Video TikTok oh, thing. I don't know. Well, if you not got so if you go into if you watch one video on t- on Facebook, it starts sending you into like a TikTok type feed where you're just flipping up like you're looking at TikTok. Ah, uh, right, okay. Right now, the algorithms are getting me now. They know that like cause so many Spurs things are coming up, so it knows I'm a Spurs yeah. fan. It, it's worked all that out. But I, yeah. occasionally I'll get something from Robbie on Arsenal Fan TV. But every single one I get, I'm like, I'm liking this guy more and more. Right, so, no, no, and it knows, right? Yeah. This is this yeah. this the algorithm knows, right? Because what is what, and, and also, I think it's a ploy by him as well. Because um, <laughs> okay. like, stick with me on this one, right? <laughs> right, but he he so so the last two before the one I've just watched, the last two I've seen of him are him. Uh, so you got one of the one of his one of the guys on the Arsenal fan TV, and I think you might have even seen it. And he's going on about how Nottingham Forest shouldn't. Uh, 
it shouldn't even be in the same. They shouldn't be bantering us. They're not even in the same ball, the same league oh, as us. Yeah, you know, I've seen like, that. and and he he goes back to him and he says they're entitled. They're entitled to like you know they've won they've won yeah. the Champions League twice. They're entitled to do that. Yeah. You know, and I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah they are. You're right. And then, another one, it's Fulham fans, and 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 he was going to them, going to going to Sky back. It's like it's just banter. He said they're just winding yeah. us up. We wind them up. It's just banter, right? And I'm like <clears> this guy's really like yeah, I like him. And then anyway, the last one that appeared after the Arsenal game is a little clip of him saying, yeah, he said we didn't deserve we didn't deserve to win that game. He said they played better than us. And I'm like, yeah. I, I like I love I'm like I'm starting to like yeah. this guy now, you know. So it's, <laughs> oh, you, you'll be a fan of Arsenal fans. Yeah, like, um, I mean I love it anyway. I, when we I've, beat him, I've but... never I've never really disliked him. He's an Arsenal fan, so there's banter, but I've never disliked him. I always thought he was quite fair in what he was doing. The one thing I would say I dislike, and he will argue this till he's blue in the face, I'm sure. Is that Arsenal fan TV made money out of Arsenal being crap? Oh yeah, hundred percent. And yeah. if you are a fan of a football club, to basically find a way to profit from, and like there's loads of, and they did, and he made you know, and fair play, I guess. But like to me, I couldn't do that when when we we've been poor the last few years, and we could have gone viral having mad rants and having interviewing fans outside the stadium going ballistic and. But he went viral with every other club. Like every time Arsenal lost, me and you or everyone would be like, "Cut, oh, Arsenal fans, yeah, TV and chill. Yeah. Here we go. It's going to be brilliant." <laughs> but the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of us of other fans watching it, ka-ching. Yep, yep, hundred <laughs> percent. And and they just made a fortune, and they and they did it off the back of Arsenal going from being good to being crap for a number of years. Yeah. And now they're sort of back doing it again. And it's like, well, yeah, I, I don't dislike Robbie, but I don't like that. Yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. think that was ever a good thing. No, that, that and, makes sense. And it's also made a number of real moronic assholes, household names now, which I find just abhorrent. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, speaking of fans, we have questions from fellow Tottenham fans and fans of the podcast. So let's see what they got to say this week. Now it's time for your comments from our social media. Bum, ba-dum, bum, bum. Uh, Facebook or Instagram, good sir. Right, before I give you that answer, I will say, Sam, I know you've done an, uh, you do another podcast, but you can tell that you're very experienced because that smooth transition, honestly, it was like oh, it was like butter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's like, yes, that was like it's like I do this at least three times a week nowadays. <laughs> Yeah. Let's, go, oh. let's go Instagram first. We, uh, so my um, my other show this week, for the first time, we did a and a show, okay. which is basically people who listen. We um, we talk about movies and stuff, and we got um, we talk about some of the Star Wars shows and Marvel shows, and we got like 30, 40, 50,000 people listening at different times. And it's, it's mad. When I think about that, it's like sitting in the middle of the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium talking about a TV show. Yeah. It's kind of insane. Um, and so... We did this thing where a few people had messaged in saying like, "Oh, can you do a show which is like Q and A and it'd be fun?" I was like, oh, "No, nah, that'd be crap." <laughs> like talking about a film, talking about a TV show, I've got a topic to talk about. Talking about me, nah, that's nah, nah no one's going to enjoy that. And people kept pestering us for it. So I said about three, four weeks ago, I was like, "Look, if people do really want this, sending questions." I thought we'd get about ten, maybe twenty. Um, we ended up answering 105 questions over a two and a half hour podcast. No way. Oh, I was exhausted. 
Oh, any any yeah, any interesting mad. questions? Anyone you want to share on this podcast? Uh, yeah, uh, someone asked what my favourite dinosaur was. I enjoyed that one. That was a good question. What was your answer? Um, uh, Stegosaurus. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> <laughs> do, do you? Uh, here we go. This one. You know, have you seen that viral thing about men think about the Roman Empire? No. Okay, there's this viral thing about like all men think about the Roman Empire all the time, and I was like, mm, not really. Yeah. But then this came up. It's like. Name your favorite dinosaur. And there's three of us, two guys and a woman on the podcast, and the two guys just said a dinosaur straight away, and she was like, "Um, I don't think I've ever really thought about it." <laughs> I was like, oh, "Yeah." I said, "Well, the next time you're with your husband and he's silent, you wonder what he's on up thinking about. He's thinking about his favorite dinosaur." Yeah, we like, like you can. There's something you can ask any bloke, and he'll say immediately what his yeah, favorite dinosaur yeah, you, is. Yeah, should yeah, we all we all should know that yeah. like osmosis. But anyway, sorry, yeah, did you say Instagram? Yes, let's go Instagram first. I'm yeah. delighted to say we have one comment from Instagram, and that person has his own theme. Now it's time for a comment from my brother. Definitely my favourite thing I've ever done. Do you know what? <laughs> Every time I play it, I'm just dancing. Yeah, but listen, I've, just come, I've, I've been back from a holiday for a few weeks now, and it's making me want to go uh, back. You're missing this. Island Brother says, let the good times flow. What a game. Really thought we would have won it, but a point is improvement, not to mention the mentality displayed to keep going. Um, we keep playing the way Big Ange demands. To a man, the boys did the badge proud. I agree with all of that. Uh, my question pertains to the recent sacking of the scouting boss at Tottenham. Are there systems in place to carry on the excellent work that we've seen? Udogi, uh, Van de Ven, Basuma, Madison have come in and immediately raised this team to new levels. Just hoping the future recruitment can match those signings. Hope you're all well. Come on, you Spurs. Um, yeah, that, that kind of caught me a little bit. Um, uh, and I've not seen a great deal written in terms of a real detailed reason why. Um I think the reason why it surprised me was because I kept hearing that he was working really closely with Ange and they were getting on really well. And I kept thinking to myself, well, if that's the case, then why in the hell have we just got rid of him? Have we got rid of him, um, though, or did he leave? No, no, we, we ended his contract. Right, okay. Um, now, th there's no suggestion there was any like reason. You know, he didn't show up drunk or you know punch someone or something, so... Um, it would just appear that we are Scott Mann has finally arrived in his role as footballing director for the football club, and he is set to appoint a director of football. And I'm guessing he's clearly got someone lined up who we've just not announced yet. And they don't want this guy. They want to come in and do their thing. Um, it is a little bit worrying when our recruitment is finally moved to a modern data-driven process. And we, as a fans, are seeing signings come in who are good and are playing well. Um, I would say that this guy was leading the recruitment this summer only, and he was actually still working with Paratici, who was working on a consultancy basis. Um, so Vicario, for example, Udogi last year was, was Paratici, Asar was Paratici. Um, so this guy was purely looking at the data this year on players we had identified already and then he was making his recommendations to Ange who was then saying yeah this guy that guy based on the recommendations being made mm. 
Um, my hope is the success we are seeing with these signings will mean that the club do not step away from that, regardless of who's doing it. Um, because the I, I mentioned it on the podcast a little while ago, just an example of the way things are being looked at now and the difference. Um, I think I was talking to Stefan, so I'll repeat it just in case you didn't hear it, which is uh, a key example, and this was explained to me by a scout, by the way. That's why I use this as an example. He said a typical metric for Tottenham, if you're looking for a creative midfielder, is how many assists this guy's got over the last few years. So you look at these two midfielders, similar similar age, similar statistics, similar um, attributes. One guy last season uh, had like 20 key passes and got 18 assists. And this other guy had like 60 key passes, but only got two assists. Tottenham have been signing the guy with the multiple assists, big money, and he's come to the Premier League and not done very well. And then you look at them again and you go, okay, well, that guy who had 20 key passes and 18 goals was playing with Erlen Haaland. Yeah. And you give Haaland the ball, 99% of the time he'll score. Whereas the other guy was playing with Johnny One-Eye, who basically can't hit a barn door, you know, can hit a case with a banjo. So he was putting the ball on the frigging plate for him constantly and he was skying it all over the place. And so which one's the better creative player? It's the one who made the 60 key passes. So we have changed our model now to go, okay, we used to just look at this basic data. We're now opening that up to look at more. It sounds ridiculously simplistic to the point, why in the hell haven't we always done it this yeah, way? Yeah, that's the only one thinking, Sam, yeah. But, but you've got to look at any any anyone who's worked in any job in any environment. When you walk into a place, there are systems and things in place and things are done a certain way. And even if you look at it and go, that's a bit backwards. That's, you know, that's, that's not, you know, surely you could just have a computer do that. Why am I, you know, you, there's all these different modifications you can make. You, you just sort of, within a few weeks of doing the job, you're, you're into the system. If that makes any sort yeah, of sense. No, it and, does actually. It does. Um, and so the way Tottenham handled their recruitment was um, 1990s at best, I guess is, is, and that's just me saying that. Um, people have tried to modernise it in the past. Uh, Paul Mitchell tried, but he had a very abrasive way of dealing with Daniel Levy and it just didn't work. Um, a couple of other scouts in the past have tried to recommend players, but we've we've sort of steered away because we deemed that they were not proven because these players were not getting the assists and getting the goals. They were the ones doing the key passes and not getting there. Um, but then you look at it now and the model we've actually sort of taken is the Brighton model. Look at the way Brighton recruit. Brighton have got an incredible recruitment record. Ridiculous. They bring players in, they play very well in the Premier League, and then they sell them to Chelsea for about $100 million. Yeah. They've made a fortune. I'd love to know what their, their net, net is. Oh, it's going to be beautiful yeah. for them. Because not only have they done that, is they just keep going. Yeah. They've yeah. not dropped off. They're not second like, in the table. Yeah. Like, like Seriously, there is... There is a feeling amongst certain people right now that Brighton could do a Leicester this season, just watching them, and you're like, they're just quietly doing everything right. <laughs> they're, they're quietly battering teams. But you look at the play, um, you look at the players they've sold. Like over yeah. the, like we've we got Basuma off yeah. them, didn't we? They've sold McAllister. Yeah. Like, like the, uh, yeah. they, and they and they just sign someone else no one's ever heard of, and they just come in and just keep going. The machine keeps towing. Yeah. 
And but the whole idea, you know, it, it that that is a recruitment model based on being a selling club, and, and that's not to be disparaging of Brighton, but basically Brighton have built this model to emulate almost Ajax in Holland, yeah. which is you generate your young players, you sign smartly from other clubs when they're young, you develop them, they come into a system and an environment that they play football they're comfortable with, they look bloody good, and we sell them, and that is how this club builds. Mm. And then Brighton right now have gone to Europe, they're pushing high up into the table, so the test will be, can that model sustain that, or will they have to change their model? to sustain that it'd be interesting anyway it'd be interesting regardless of what happens but yeah so our recruitment has changed if it were to revert back i'd be devastated because it's been something it's been i've been feeling like putting my head through a wall for years with our recruitment um frustration over identifying players and then doing nothing with it you know like oh that guy's brilliant and everyone going yeah he is brilliant and tottenham going yeah but Last season, you know, you know, only got two assists, <laughs> and then someone signs him, and he's you know phenomenal, and and you just left there, like I said, creating your head for a wall. I like that young Croatian dude that we've bought that's going to sign, play for. His yeah, company. sixteen years old and twelve million quid. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you at sixteen. I certainly wouldn't worth twelve million quid. Huh? Well, it just shows, um, doesn't it? Like you know, how good. I was a packet of Watsits and a jelly baby, maybe, <laughs> but yeah. Do you know it's funny? I was thinking about it because I was I, I I did the post and I really sort of went down a almost depressing thing. Like, because obviously I'm forty and I was like sixteen years old, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like sixteen years old. What was I? And I was like, okay, at sixteen. I actually did sign rugby. Like, I was on like rugby terms with a club, and I was like, okay, so I'm like I can actually do like almost like a side by side comparison here. And I was like, wow, <laughs> where did that go wrong? <laughs> yeah, 12, 12 million pounds for a 16 year old who can't even train with us or move to the country till he's 18 due to EU rules. Bloody Brexit. <laughs> Do you know, just, just brief. Yeah, I'm going to say anything. Like, I'm trying to stay, stay on topic. Although, saying that, I did, and this is quite interesting, it relates to what you're saying about feeling like old and how time goes. I, I someone, um, I mean, the WhatsApp group, and it is a Spurs WhatsApp group, but they put something on there that's unrelated to Spurs that I found quite interesting. Yeah. Like, Mr. Brightside was released 20 years ago, yeah, in two days, yeah, right, yeah. 20 years ago. And the, the Nintendo 64 was released 27 years ago. Yeah. Now, isn't that, isn't that freaky? Right? Because would yeah. you... I would have put the N64 miles behind the, uh, the Mr. Brightside coming out. And it reminded me of... Have you ever seen... Um, have you ever seen... There's a TV show on Netflix called Beef. I don't you've ever seen it. No, I It's brilliant. So basically, the first episode, these these, these two people are getting a road raising... Road... I can't even say it, road rage incident. Yeah. And then the the way the TV series develops is it's just tit for tat. So one of them tries to get revenge and it just gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. there's a quote in there by one of the one of the characters that when I when I heard him say it, I'm like, that's really interesting. And and the only reason I want to bring it up because thinking about you saying about you know how, how time goes and how it, like thinking about when you were 16. So is this quote because I found it I actually picked it up so time speeds time speeds up as you get older because when you're a year old that year is 100% of your perception of time but as you get older that year is a smaller fraction of the time you've experienced yeah. that's proper insightful isn't it right? and, I, and, yeah. I, and I'm thinking now like 
I'm 44, right? and like yeah. the weeks are going quick, right? And I'm like, this yeah. all needs to slow the fuck down, man. <laughs> it's all yeah, going too quick, it, yeah. right? It's all going way Terrifying. too quick, you know. Yep. But yeah, that made really made me made me think when I saw that, you know. But yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry everyone listening. I won't That's go. That's right. Well, again. I'll uh, yeah, uh, I'll read these next few questions out and then sit here and cry for that. <laughs> um, Facebook, uh, Irvin, uh, provided you see it necessary. Who would you drop to make room for Benson Core? Oh, um, Sar for me. Um, yeah, I think Basuma's undroppable. Madison's undroppable. Uh, I think Sar's energy is phenomenal. His upside is going to be amazing. But I really want to see what Benson Core can do in this system. I, do you know? I, I lo- like you're right. I love like Sar has like been a revelation this season. But you're right. Having them three, like having Benson Core, Bissouma, and yeah. Madison, come on, that is a midfield. There's there's something there that could be really special. Do you know? Like very briefly, because I'm not talking <clears> about him. But Mer- when Merson was going on about uh, they were going to actually batter us on Sunday, yeah. One of the things he said was, well, is he looked for the two teams that he said there won't be. There's not one Spurs player that Arsenal would want. And you think, yeah, utter bollocks. Like, there's so many of them are players that, like... Well, it is. It is utter bollocks, and it's tribal bollocks. But it's, it got him a lot of attention. Uh, yeah, I, I just... I, I'm seeing, like, people keep talking about... And I've, I've even heard one or two people say, like, Basuma has been the signing of the summer, and we <laughs> signed him a year ago. But it does yeah. feel like that in a way, doesn't it? Like, Basuma yeah. we've got this season compared to the Basuma last season, it's like ch- chalk and cheese. Well, I think you got a difference in a manager yeah. and the way the manager treats people 100%. being shown. Yep. Um, so, uh, Calvin says, is Poch our secret agent infiltrating the rent poised to destroy within, <laughs> then moving on to the empty crates? Um, I probably shouldn't have read that out. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Um he's, look, he's, looking no. a bit, he's looking a bit disheveled, old Poch. I saw him after their, no, their last defeat. He, and he's, he's not... So, did you ever see when Lampard was in charge of Chelsea, every time he'd lose, there was an account called Fat Lampard would, like, add more pounds to his face? Oh, yeah. So, every time they'd lose, they'd just add more pounds, and then it became, like, a viral thing, and by the time he got sacked, there was just this monstrosity that resembled slightly Lampard, and they've started doing it with Pochettino. (laughs) And I gotta be honest with you, you're starting to resemble it. Yeah. It's actually a little worrying. Um, no, uh, I mean, to, I, I've said this, and people think I'm just being petty, but he died to me the minute he walked into that club. Yeah. So, yeah. regardless, um, look, I, I, I keep trying to think to myself, look, we sacked him, we sacked him, but at the same time, ne- don't even if we sack, don't go Chelsea, mate. You know, you was with us so long, I, you know what it I've means. I've got, I've got no issue with someone getting work, right? And that's the way I've tried to look at it. Mm. But don't talk to me like you love me and you love yeah. everything about me in the club yep. and say things like, Oh, I can never manage Espanol because I was, you know, sorry, I can never manage Barcelona because I was Espanol. Mm. I can never manage mm. Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing. You, you yeah. can't, you can't not, you, you were the manager of the battle of the bridge. You know what this rivalry is. You've been in the stadium when their fans have been hissing at us to resemble gas chambers. And now you are them. So now, nah, fuck you, you're dead to me. There you go. That's, that's my... Uh, I like it. Yeah. Um, the next one, yeah. That's nice and subtle. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, next one is from someone whose name I cannot pronounce in a million friggin' years, so I'm going to do my best. Uh, Nudakwe Desiree. 
Um, please message in and let me know how horrifically I did that and correct me and I'll make sure I get it right in the future. I'm sorry. Is Larice ever going to play a match? Uh, I doubt it. Yeah. I think there would need to be some pretty serious injuries before that happened. And I mean, like, we'd have to lose Vicario, Forster, and Brandon Austin. Why is he still at a club? I don't understand. Why is he still there? Because, because... Oh. I do not know this officially, right? This is just purely me trying to rationalise why I think it happened. I think he wanted to go somewhere and finish his career as first choice in Europe. I can completely understand that. And I don't think he is so poor that in a slightly slower league, he couldn't have done that. However, every offer he had was second choice. The only offers for first choice were MLS and Saudi. And he didn't want to move his family to Saudi Arabia, which I can completely understand. And I I think with the greatest respect to the MLS, he felt, no, I I can still do this. (laughs) You know, I'm not, I've not become terrible overnight. He's obviously got self-belief. Now, if you are living in London and your family lived in London for a decade, they're settled, the kids are in school and everything, and you're earning over a hundred grand a week for another year, and no one has made you an offer that's worth moving, you don't move, do you? No. <laughs> With you know, if you take away the football tribalism and all that, everything like that, you you don't. You go to work every day, you behave professionally, you respectful and you collect your money for that year, and you keep looking for your options. It's possible. January, you'll you'll have found an option. You know, clubs could have had all sorts of injuries in that meantime. I mean, he had a madness. Like, Newcastle wanted to loan him on deadline day. Right. Because they they wanted cover in the squad. But again, it's not first choice. He didn't want to do that. And to to terminate the contract, it's got to be a mutual thing, hasn't it? So he's obviously, like you said... Well, it it doesn't have to be. You can buy them out. But a hundred grand a week, why are you going to do that? That's what I'm saying. Why why bother? Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, if if he came to the club and said, "Look, let's let's do a deal, give me X and I'll go," and the club look at it and go, "Well, yeah, it's either a hundred grand a week for a year or or this, let's do it now." Um, but I don't, you know, he's not unprofessional. He's not nasty or shitty around the place. He's not a problem. But it's just a case of he made it clear he wanted to move. The club said, "No problem. We're not going to take you on the tour." You know, and she even spoke to him. Was like, "Do you want to come on the tour?" He said, "No, I'm going to sort my move out." I think it's best you're going to appoint a new leadership team. You know, it was all very amicable, amicable yeah. very kind of like it's better. I don't confuse issues by being there, yeah. you know? <laughs> so it, it all made absolute sense and it just never, he just never got the move. Um, but yeah, in January he could or next season. Yeah. The thing I, the thing I want to happen and I hope it does is that the club does find uh, a way of, I don't know, a Hugo Lloris testimonial match. Oh, 100%. Something, yeah. because, because could you imagine, I mean, I think we'd sell the stadium out, definitely. Uh, you know, like a France All-Stars versus a Tottenham All-Stars of players he's played with. He does a half in goal for us, a half in goal for France. Think of the sort of superstars who'd be on show for that game. Yeah. Um, you, you'd sell it out. It doesn't, you know, money to charity, the guy doesn't need it. You know, in like the olden days where after 10 years you did a thing for the player because it helped him out in his retirement. Yeah, he needed it. Yeah. it it's just, it just, it feels like he, when he goes, there needs to be more than just, oh yeah, uh, Larice has now joined MLS side, whatever. Good luck, Hugo. Thanks, thanks. And here's a little video. Yeah, he, he signed oh, for us before yeah. Seb was born. I mean, this guy's been with the club for a long, long time. Wow, that's, that's a that's a harsh perspective. Man. Yeah, 
Okay, moving on. <laughs> Tom Perk says, with the new signing from Banana Split, does that mean that Perisic is going the other way? It depends what you read, Tom. Um, there are certain tabloids who are convinced the deal is done. There are other journalists who say, yeah, there's a rumour about that, but nothing, nothing done. And then there's a Croatian journalist who reckons it was done in the summer and still got it as a pinned tweet and is <laughs> like, yep, this, this is definitely done. Definitely. And even though everyone, everyone ever again replies to it going, so we're now well past the window closing. <laughs> uh, are you still still adamant on this? Um, we paid 12 million for this 16-year-old. I find it very hard to believe we paid 12 million pounds for him plus... Um, unless, unless, I say this, unless, there was some sort of crazy deal done to enable us to sign this kid whilst also beating other top European clubs to him. Because to be under no doubt, there are a lot of pissed off teams, including Man City's recruitment, um, PSG, uh, uh, both, uh, all the big Spanish clubs, they were all trying to sign him. So we have a really aggravated. <laughs> we have annoyed a lot of top clubs yeah, by getting there. I mean, that's the thing as well. Like, <clears throat> we, we're like, I know he's going to come in a couple of years' time, but yeah. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I'm really glad he's coming, but taking you know, putting my devil's advocate coat on, yeah. like I would have wouldn't. Why would he have signed for Real Madrid or like, mate, you, you know what I mean? Like, mate, it is a massive, massive risk for a club to lay out twelve million quid on a sixteen-year-old. I will tell you now, at 16 years old, I was devoted to rugby. I went running, swimming every single day. I was in the gym or I was, you know, I was trying everything I could to be a rugby player. At 17 years old, I found girls. <laughs> and <laughs> all went wrong. Yep. This kid could, like, some woman could walk past him tomorrow and that's it. Do you want to go training? No. <laughs> what do you want to do? I want to do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah it is a massive massive gamble obviously I think the kid's obviously got a massive upside and I hope he's got good people around him and I hope he develops and I hope in he's 18 years old he walks over and we see him walk in the North London and we all go bloody hell he's good this is mad um, but from his point of view why would he choose Tottenham over all those clubs uh, I'd say two reasons one um, there appears to be a hint albeit this could just be PR there is a Tottenham connection with his family due to Luka Modric and him being a massive fan. Um, and two, um, and this is probably the thing that Tottenham fans won't want to hear, is a lot of people around Europe and stuff see Tottenham as a club you go to, showcase your talent, and then you get sold to one of the biggest clubs. Yeah, Berbatov, Modric. Um, yeah. So he would look at that and think, if I go to Real Madrid, I might not ever get a gang and then they'll just loan me here, there, and everywhere. If I go to this club, this club, this club, if I go to Tottenham at 18 years old, I back myself. I think I'm going to arrive at that club and be a contender for the first team. And if he does back himself, and let's say he does do that, and at 18 years old he comes in and he's phenomenal, then 18, 19, 20, he's still going to be in the absolute prime of his career when his contract's coming to an end. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we're left with this oh, we got one of the best defenders in the world and every European superpower wants to sign him from us. And the kid's going, yeah, and i got one year left on my deal, so you better sell me. <laughs> so, uh, again, I know that sounds incredibly cynical, but if I'm a manager or an agent managing the kid, that's what I'm telling him. Yeah, yeah. 
anyway. Uh, yes, Tom, and it's Hadjuk split, not banana split. Oh, <laughs> such a such a silly mistake. Um, and our final one, again, from some... Oh, I swear to God, people are doing this to me on purpose. Oh, um, I am incredibly sorry. I don't think I can even attempt Tafadzwa. Nope, I can't. I'm sorry. If this is you, message me and tell me how to pronounce your name. And this is not me being horrible. I'm just awful. I can't pronounce anything. I'm Bristolian. Is Madison and Johnson fit to face Liverpool? Can you provide an update? Uh, Madison told the club he felt okay afterwards, but is being assessed um, a lot. Johnson, they believe, after an initial assessment, it's muscle fatigue, not a strain or a pull, but again, being assessed constantly. The club have actually managed to really close down all of the uh, leaks, if you like, that used to come out. So um, expect Ange to do an update in his press conference on Thursday or Friday. It's going to be a tough game this weekend, though, isn't it? Yeah, it was the first uh, proper team we're playing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It is, it is, but I'm actually excited by it. And I'll tell you for why. Uh, I don't rate Liverpool defending. This could come back and bite me in the ass, but since last season, I look at them and I don't think they look that great at the back. Um, I really don't. And I've seen teams open them up this season. That doesn't mean that they're not going to score countless against us. I'm not saying we're amazing, but I feel like the way we play, if we've got our first 11 fit and Madison, Sonny through the middle, I I think it's going to be a great game. I, I don't feel... I don't feel that level of dread. Like, if we lose to Liverpool at home and we get battered, I'm going to be gutted. If we lose a really even game, I'm going to be uh, disappointed, but not the end of the world. Against Arsenal, any defeat, it just breaks me. (laughs) So I don't feel that same level of dread. Um, I would love to beat them because it's overdue. I mean, we smashed them 4-1. And Liverpool Football Club looked at that game and went, right, we need to spend money. We can't have this happen again. And after we smashed them 4-1, they went and spent a ton of money. They've won the league, the champions, you know, they've they've gone off and mm. they, they, you know, <laughs> it's so annoying that they all point to that and go, that was the moment things changed. Like, stop using us as an example. <laughs> it's really hurtful. Um, and it wasn't handball in the Champions League, you cheating bastards. Anyway, <laughs> so... Um, yeah, it's overdue. Uh, we we deserve a performance and a win against them. I feel confident going into every game that we are going to have a proper go now again, which is a wonderful feeling. And I just feel against them, we will get them because they will play. Liverpool will play their way. They're like Klopp's, like Pep, like Arteta. Liverpool will show up to play. They're not going to camp on the edge of their box. They're not going to, you know, try and Sheffield unite us. <laughs> they are going to try and play football which is going to give us chance and it's going to give them chance, but I'm hoping for a good game. So you're predicting 5-4? Uh, that's happened before. <laughs> um, I, I I wouldn't want to predict it. I just want us to win. Yeah. I, I just I look at it and I'm just, uh, please, please win because at the moment you're kind of on this little bit of a wave and I know at some point you're, we're going to have to suffer a defeat. I, I know that happened because I'm a Tottenham fan. But... And how we come back from that is going to be massively important. But right now, I look at this and I just think, no, every single game I feel we're in. I don't like. I don't um, ask me again when we play Man City if I feel the same way. Probably won't. But right now against Liverpool, I do. I do. I look at that and I think, yeah, we, we got this. I think we've got it about us now. 
where we can win that game. I don't go into it with dread like I've no. done for the last few years. Yeah, I'm with you. I feel the same, Sam. Good. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, well, high fives. Um. All right. Well, that's it. That's all my notes. Was there anything else you want to have a natter about this week? Uh, not really. No, I think we covered everything, didn't we? Oh, frightening. Mm. Very frightening. Um. So, yeah, as always, massive thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, we will be back next week where we will discuss the Liverpool game and hopefully another win. Uh, but even if it's not, at least we know we're going to have a go nowadays. Yeah. Uh, until then, my friend, you take care. Take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us on social media. All links are in the podcast description. Done.